The Super Bowl has become a cultural phenomenon across the world, televised in more than 200 countries. It's the biggest sporting day in America, but the game is just one part of the massive event. The halftime show is highly anticipated, along with the 70-plus advertisements shown across the hours. In a world where audiences are so dispersed across various platforms, this may be one of the only events where viewers come together and stay to watch the ads at the same time. Usually it's about trying to avoid them. The ads are usually 30 seconds, but the buzz can start weeks before with teasers and short clips online. Earlier, I spoke to advertising veteran and Saatchi and Saatchi Chief Creative Officer Steve Cochran about the best ads of this year's Super Bowl. Kia ora. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for inviting me. I took the liberty of uh, describing you as an advertising veteran. Yes. Would, would you identify <laughs> that way? Uh, it's probably fair to say that's um, 35 years or plus is, is that, veteran that description. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm there. <laughs> Let's talk about the context of the Super Bowl. So this was Super Bowl 58 this year, held in Las Vegas. Uh, it was game-wise, it was the Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco 49ers. And of course, now we know the Kansas City Chiefs won. But why is the Super Bowl such a big deal? Yeah, good question. It's certainly grown and grown and grown. And I think that it's obviously the, the grand final of the American football. So that's got an attraction in, its, in itself. It's become a cultural phenomenon to some degree, and and it's it's sort of almost a phenomenon of three parts now. There's the sport, there's the halftime show, yeah. and now weirdly there's the advertising that runs right throughout it. So it's it's such a big event. Um, it's televised in more than two hundred countries. I don't know if I realised the extent of how many places they went, and also the average ticket cost is something like 13,000. And I'm guessing that's 13,000 US. It's Americans yes. giving those answers, which it's, is just mind-blowing. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. This year they had the largest um, audience, or well, American audience of all time, which was uh, an average audience of 123.4 million. So that's at any one time, that's meant how many people are watching it. That, that's the biggest televised event within America since the moon landing. We think we know why, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> there was a particular individual who may have bumped up certain demographics. Um, but, you know, as you said, there's the game, there's the adverts, and there's the halftime show. Let's start with the ads, because this might be one of the only events where everyone actually wants to see the ads. I'm sorry, that doesn't help you and your course. But but the fact that everyone stays on particularly to watch the ads yes. together yes. as a collective experience, usually people are trying to avoid the ads. Yes. It's pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, and, and to think about you know why that is, partly I think it's because brands are making ads specifically for that. That event, so there are ads that you haven't seen before, you know, and there was something like seventy of them across the the hours. You know, there's a reason to to watch because there there are it's it's almost become a, a competition because yeah. they're all trying to get your attention. Yeah. They're all trying to be the one that stands out and gets the most conversation and outdo and each other, outdo each yeah. other. So it's it's almost a um, you know the X factor of advertising. <laughs> Let's talk about the sort of the best ones or the, the top ones that we've identified. Let's start with BMW, which had Christopher Walken in it. Yeah, well, this is a good example of, of an ad with celebrity in it. And you know, 80% of them probably did, actually. It's a celeb fest, isn't it? It is a celeb fest. Yeah. I guess when you're vying for attention and memorability and, and trying to stand out from, from each other, 
a celebrity helps you do that, and it's got a certain cachet, and you can use that personality of that of that um, celebrity to to reinforce your your message or your, your script or whatever whatever you're working with. The fact that these ads cost seven million US for thirty seconds <laughs> means that these brands are, are not wanting to waste that media buy, so they spend possibly twice that much or more yeah. to make an ad worth spending $7 million to run it. This particular ad has Christopher Walken getting into an electric BMW and it's him going about his day doing, you know, just getting coffee, going for a walk. Yes. And and it's basically just people he comes across imitating him. Yeah, they're, they're impersonating him because he's got a, he's got a very particular style and they're, and they're trying to emulate that style, which is... Um, Sort of annoying him a little bit, perhaps you could say. Nice ride. It's the real deal. 100%. Electric. It's the real deal. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. Enjoy your coffee. Careful, it's hot. Thanks. Your dog's so cute. Mm, Yeah. There's only one Christopher Walken and only one ultimate driving machine. The rest are just imitations. What did you like about this ad? Well, it was good use of celebrity. I think he was integral to the story rather than just a, a cameo. Um, product was pretty central to the whole thought. You remember that it's for BMW. And I guess because he's such an individual, it's really playing to the thought of there is only one because he's certainly a distinctive kind of you know character. One thing I think most people won't know is that the writer is a Kiwi. Yeah, yeah, he's um, Clemens, uh, is someone I actually worked with for a period of time a number of years ago, and he now lives in the states and works for an agency over there. And yeah, this will be massive for him and his and his career, a lot of attention. And, and this particular ad is sort of sat at the list of a lot of um, publications in America's sort of favourite um, of of them all. Yeah. What does a successful ad like this in the Super Bowl? What would that do f- for an advertising career? Yeah. Um, or watch watch the space possibly in terms <laughs> of of him, but uh, it would certainly give him a, a lot of attention. And if if other agencies are looking for talent, you know, it would have put him on the on the map somewhat over there. So you know, he might get a, approaches from there, or um, his agency might need to pay him a little bit more yeah. to hold on to him. <laughs> The next one on the list is Sarah V, and this stars Michael Sarah. So this is he's an actor you might recognise him from Superbad, uh, Juno, and more recently he's in Barbie. I think he's like the weird Ken, and also Arrested Development. Yeah, he's um, he's he's kind of a lovable kind of actor, isn't he? Lovable you know, dork. He, he, yes, yeah, he's yeah, always yeah. playing that kind of character. He is, yeah. and the and the premise in this, when you watch the ad that ran during the Super Bowl, is that he's pitching to Sarah V skincare that they should collaborate because his surname is Sarah yeah. and they're called Sarah Vey. It's not a, it's not a <laughs> yeah. clever, clever um, idea. But, they, but I, I wonder with this one whether they had the idea of based on the name and then just chased him and, and you know, he was willing to participate. I'm Michael Sarah, and I'm pleased to announce that this is my cream. Sarah V. Oh, you didn't know? Generosity. The truth has been hiding in plain sight. I am Sarah V. <laughs> the tagline, which I quite like, is developed by dermatologists, not Michael Sarah. Yes. <laughs> you know, to yes. alleviate any any worries. What drew you to this one? Well, that humour, that that sort of sense of self-awareness, mm. I guess, mm. that we're, we're having fun here, we're making an ad, 
didn't take this too seriously. I think they had made some content that actually featured real-world dermatologists talking about him not being, yeah. <laughs> being the actual creator of it. Um, so it kind of went broader and wider than than just just that moment. And um, a lot of these ads only run during Super Bowl the once. So yeah. you know it's all the other all the other bits and pieces around it that come pre or after that that kind of make up the big conversation. And it is very much a, this is a one off. The, yes. They are brought into. Not endorse the product long term. It's just a it's a haha yes. sort of moment, isn't yeah. it? And and often they're not there really even to give the um, for credibility reasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're there for attention. Yeah. They're there to be memorable. You know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the next one, which is Mountain Dew with Aubrey Plaza. The minute I saw Aubrey Plaza, I just, my eyes lit up because I think she's she's she, so funny. She's incredibly popular. Yes. Um, she's an actor. People may recognise her from Parks and Recreation, White Lotus, Season 2. Um, and she's known for her deadpan delivery, isn't she? She is. She's a, sort of got a, a resting face, you might say. RBF. <laughs> <And>, RBF. <laughs> uh, yes, which was, uh, you know, which they've totally utilised for this ad because the ad's for... Um, Mountain Dew Baja Blast. Baja Blast, yes. 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 Um, and so it's, it features her in, in a whole lot of wild situations holding the product, having a blast and... But her persona and her, her manner is anything but <laughs> anything but she she looks bored or almost um, quite cynical about what she's up to, which is you know quite funny. Kids party, having a blast. Stuck in an elevator, oh. having a blast. I can have a blast anytime, anywhere, and with anyone. <laughs> and then a big twist at the end is Nick Offerman appears next to her on yes. a flying dragon, which is just nuts. But they were in Parks and Rec together. Yes. And so that was a nice sort of uh, throwback for yeah. fans there. Yeah, it's been pointed out across a lot of these ads. There were this this sort of reunions of characters from TV shows and movies. I felt particularly this year, a lot of the ads were very in-jokey or, or had lots of references to other things or other pop culture references. Yeah. Is that quite normal? It is more more and more common probably, um, particularly as we're all so connected now and those those stories and things are, are, are the stories that we're popping up in our feeds every day. And yeah. They're things to tap into for brands to tap into. It's such is about um, being famous in culture and having, you know, trying to have brands resonate within culture. And so you you do want to pick up on what's going on and and play to those things yeah. to be to be relevant and resonate um, you know in, in the environments you're turning up. Uh, there, there was there was a spot for Dunkin Donuts. Um, that was a, a very humorous spot with a number of celebrities in it. That kind of was a ref- reference to an ad that they ran at the Super Bowl last year. Yes, and th- and this one's on our list. It's one of it's it was one of the bigger ones because it was sort of filled with celebrities. Yes, it's J Lo, yes. it's Ben Affleck, uh, Matt Damon, Tom Brady, who's obviously sort of a Super Bowl king. That's right. So last year's ad was. The, the joke that Ben Affleck was working at Dunkin' Donuts, J-Lo drives up in the drive-thru and sort yes. of says, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, well, This is where you say when you, <laughs> yeah. this is where you mean you go when you go to work. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yes. So this year they've done a, almost a part two where Ben Affleck sort of says, okay, well, she came to my work last year. Now it's time for me to go to hers. Yeah, actually, there's there was the ad that ran with, within the Super Bowl and then there's, there's a lot more content online around it, a five-minute version of it, which actually starts with, him watching the video uh, of himself at the Grammy Awards 
where he was referred to as being bored sitting next to her at the Grammys, and, and, and this triggers his, his sort of aspiration for a music to do something musical, and, yeah, and yeah. it builds into this moment where he, he he takes Matt Damon and Tom Brady into the studio to show J Lo their rap yeah, song, isn't it? Yeah. About Duncan, well, it's Dunkings. Yes. Uh, flat on the track. What up, Bronx? For your consideration, here comes the Boston Massacre. The Dunkings. Touchdown, Tommy on them keys. I think that was one ad where I thought, gosh, there's a, there's lots of references going on here. There's a reference to last year's ad. There's a reference to the Grammys and how everyone said he's the most bored man in the world. Yes. He, he he always looks like he hates his life yes. or he doesn't enjoy That's being right. where he is. Yeah, I think there were all, all these little sort of trigger points in there that that just watching the, the spot that ran in, during the Super Bowl, you possibly didn't appreciate. But for those that want to go deeper on it or be more involved, you know, I think that the track suits they're wearing when they play might become a thing that you can you can purchase. Uh, apparently, they've already sold out. Oh, there I, you saw, go. I saw something you said that said, you know, the tracksuits that Ben Affleck wore in the ad, all gone. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the kind of thing we, we, we try and do, you know, with a with a good campaign that it does give you those those ways for audiences to participate in some way and that it's more than just watching a, a film it's got it does have these other references or these other sort of on on ramps if you like to to be involved in it and yes let's go to the next one which is v-dub uh, this is celebrating 75 years of the car yes it was they called it an american love story and it, it showed recreated scenes and then i think some maybe some historical footage mixed in there of the journey of the last 75 years of volkswagen from the moment the beetle sort of first arrived and the you know how it stood out amongst all the american cars and it was sort of the ugly duckling a little bit um, and and then how that grew th- and became you know a, m- a much well embraced part of American um, culture, th- using using this footage that you know starts black and white and moves through to color yeah. and, and so on with little cultural references. Um, I think Woodstock. Within that Woodstock, yeah, um, um, famous Volkswagen ads of the past that that you know Americans particularly would know. Um, Simpsons, there's a Simpsons reference yeah, as well. Yeah, Bart and Lisa, and this so has yeah. got a little bit of celebrity, but it wasn't a celebrity based uh, ad. Yeah. One, you know, one of the few that we've we've picked out actually. Yeah. Yes, and, and that's all against the backdrop of Neil Diamond's "I Am I Said." The way they've filmed it as well, the way they've shown each stage of the car in history, also made to look a little bit like home video. Yes, make it authentic. Yeah, and, 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 and seemingly nostalgic homely and, and yeah, yeah, all of that stuff. And and that track, yeah, as you say, it's it's quite an empowering track, I suppose. Yeah. It's a real it builds, I am, doesn't it? I am me, you yeah. know. Um, which yeah is fantastic, and it's, um, yeah, my my parents were great fans of Neil Diamond. <laughs> it took me back to sitting in the back of the yeah. Mor- the Morris eighteen hundred when I was a kid, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> so you were exactly their target yeah. audience. I want to talk about the record viewership of the Super Bowl this year. I think it's undeniable, and and it was sort of being talked about for weeks. But Taylor Swift yes. turning up at yes. the Super Bowl, yeah. um, whether she was even going to turn up at all because she'd just done a show in Tokyo, which was, you know, yeah. everyone was tracking her private jet yeah. and everything. <laughs> it, was, it became a story in itself. Can you talk about sort of the impact that that has had and potentially sort of the doors that that opened? Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? We talked about the Super Bowl being a, uh, a phenomenon of three parts 
maybe it was four parts to see, yeah. <laughs> you know, Taylor Swift being the fourth, you know, the, the pulling power of, of Taylor. And I think that it was already seen that the viewership numbers of football this last season have gone up and, and they're putting a lot of that down to a lot of the tension she was getting by being at the games, mm-hmm. um, which helped them sell the advertising spaces for the Super Bowl because they knew viewership would be, it would be a good year. <laughs> are the ads of the Super Bowl something that your company and the other advertising companies in the industry will look at and study? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we usually pick a few of our favourites and then go and do a session with clients and, you know, talk about which ones we liked or oh, yeah. why we liked them and, yeah. you know, analyse them a little bit and mm. whether we think they're good as a, as marketers, you know, so there's there's two perspectives on things, a little bit like wine, isn't it? You can be a wine expert and sit there and analyse the wine and stroke your, your, yeah. your beard. Or you can just or, enjoy or you can it. Just, or just enjoy it, <laughs> yeah. you know, so, yeah. I want to go back to the on-ramping when you create an ad and you're trying to attach as many, I suppose, opportunities or brand opportunities. So in that Dunkin' Donuts ad, for example, they had obviously the ad for Dunkin' Donuts, but then they also have the tracksuits and there was this sort of diamante-encrusted cup at the start, yes. you know, which I can imagine they would might sell at some point. So is that a big part of the conversation when you are designing ads today? Yeah, it is. The landscape of media now is so broken up and there's so, you know... Th- You've got ads running on TV, you've got ads running on YouTube, pre-rolls, um, and having lots of small pieces that all add up to something bigger is is a big part of how we, we operate now to sort of bring it all together and to utilise the channels for in the best way that they, they're suited. Um, making a TV commercial and then running that in, in one of the social platforms doesn't always work. That's not fit for purpose. So if you've got a campaign that kind of, I guess, breaks apart into a whole lot of small bits and it all ties together under one one big idea, um, you can, you know, cover a lot more ground and reach a lot more people and, and, and um, have a lot more impact, I guess. How has advertising changed from your perspective in the last, let's say, decade? Because there's been so much change in the last 10 years with social media, audiences so dispersed now yes. with all the different platforms as well. That's it's certainly gotten more complicated for sure, and there's there's way more considerations when when you're sort of approaching a, a brief or or coming up with a solution to a, you know for a marketing idea, you know con- connecting all those all those channels, having an idea that is maybe media agnostic so to speak. So it, it could it could turn up like this over in this channel, and then turn up slightly differently over here you know and it, it's 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 changed a, a lot and it keeps changing as well and we you know we're watching the the rules around social platforms change and the the rules around what you can say or do and advertising have changed and uh, i think even even writing ads these days is we've become a lot more of an inclusive uh, society fair to say that we've become a lot more sensitive to what we might say or how we say it yeah, to, to include everybody mm. you know and that's something to navigate as well these days has that meant a lot more meetings in the last few years? <laughs> probably. Probably means a lot more meetings. It, it makes things like, um, you know, writing humour. A lot, a, lot, a lot of stand-ups talk about it now. There's been a lot of conversation around what's okay in terms of humour and, you know, usually there's a victim in humour and then, you know, we, you've just got to be careful with that stuff these days. You can offend, you know, minority groups very easily, um, too easily, and... Um, and I think for the better, 
those things are now well considered. And what about looking ahead? Um, what do you consider the challenges for the industry to be? I mean, I imagine you're also asking the same questions. Yeah. But, you know, with AI, how, how does that? How do you see that changing the industry? Uh, with with AI specifically, there's there's a sort of a, a, a an element of advertising or, or marketing that's called performance marketing, which is really digital online advertising that's almost automated. And AI is pretty much building little ads, pulling the right picture, pulling the right mm. headline, serving it up to the right person in a particular moment automatically and doing that at, at speed and at mass. Um, so AI starts to automate that kind of advertising. So that's that's a, a growing aspect of what's ahead of us. Mm-hmm. AI in terms of creativity, um, I think it's, it's at the moment it can be a useful jumpstart on things. You, you can get chat to write some quick copy and, and then see where, where it's coming from and maybe it's got a start of a 10 in there that might be useful. Um, and then within uh, the world of imagery and animation and, and filmmaking, that's still starting to be felt and that's going to that's gonna change the way we, we make stuff for, sh- for sure. So it's, it's hard to know how fast and where it's going to turn up and, you know, what jobs are at risk or how those jobs need to change to become more uh, pr- prompt engineers for, for AI software than, than hands on the tools anymore, you know. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, it going to be interesting. Do you feel nervous about it? Uh, or excited? I'm excited about it, actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think it just makes it fresh and new again, huh. you know, particularly as a veteran. <laughs> <laughs> Would you liken the changes that AI will bring and sort of, the, like you say, it, it forces a new way of thinking perhaps and forces of new ideas, yes. similar to what social media did for the industry? Yep. Yeah, it's going to have that kind of impact for, for sure, and which is, you know, that's exciting, I think. Um, um, it'll take away a lot of the mundane jobs, as, mm. and, and that's probably the same for a lot of industries. Um, I think it's a long way off being the creative solution. I think that's going to need human... Human insight, human yeah. you know experience, particularly when trying to connect with humans with with emotion, and I'm not sure how AI gets emotion. Yeah, yet. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's a good judge of what's funny or what's yeah what's you know poignant or. In terms of ads, do you have a favourite New Zealand ad, and then is there an international one that you sort of consider the gold standard? It's an easy reference, but I would say the bugger ad is yeah. is has to be um, right up there in terms of New Zealand ads for me. Can you explain why that was such a, a phenomenon? Yeah, I think it was it was a phenomenon, wasn't it? it re- you know, that's that's a really great example of infiltrating culture yeah, with an yeah. advertisement that be, you know becomes bigger than the ad, and yeah. you've got people using the phrase and and referencing it a lot, and and loving little moments in it, and the dog, and and so on. You know, one of the strengths for that is for me is was the simplicity of it. It was the fact that it it felt so of of New Zealand in its in its way, and that the product again was central to it, and and it was saying something about the product, which was it had a powerful engine, and it was a little too powerful for <laughs> for this dude. <laughs> um, and so you know, it really had a product benefit in there as well. So it, it wasn't just pure entertainment; it had a, had a strong message, and you know, and and landed Hilux for Toyota big time. And we still reference it, and we just have to say the bugger ad, and everyone knows what it is. And that's going back, you know, twenty so years yeah. now, um, which just 
just goes to show these things can resonate and have legacy um, for the brands, yeah. And what about an international ad? There's so many to choose from, and I've been in this a long time, and it changes from time to time. But um, one reference uh, which be relevant for this conversation, but it was a Super Bowl ad from a few years ago now, which was called It's a Tide Ad for Tide Laundry. It's laundry powder, powder, and it's a whole whole, whole gamut. It featured David Harbour, the sheriff. Yes, from from Stranger Things. Yes, and he was sort of the, the presenter. But their insight there was that, Again, it was self the self-referencing kind of advertising where the insight was that most adverts feature people in very clean clothes. That means that maybe all ads are ads for Tide. <laughs> and and That's brilliant. and they set it up within the Super Bowl with a with a big ad that said, you know, um, that jumped around different vignettes saying, Is this a is this a ad for this or is this an ad for that? Or is it a Tide ad? And then they made a whole lot of little ads that started and it felt very much like a soda ad or an insurance ad or a medical Could ad. have been anything. And yeah. then it turned into David <laughs> Walking in and going, no, it's a tight ad. And uh, it just sort of captured, and it, it was huge, you know, and went off and, and social media went ballistic about it. When ads like that come out, you know, when, for example, the bugger ad came out and you're working in the industry, what is the conversation around the, the meeting table, say, come Monday morning? What's the conversation like when those things happen? Uh, often it's jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, you know, human nature is the, yeah. the tall poppy. And yeah, why don't we think of that? <laughs> yeah, it's not that good. Um, but but then you know, it, it comes. Yeah, you know, whatever your opinion of it, often it's. But but what does it do? Yeah, you know, how does it resonate with people? And if they if 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 the audience is loving it, if it's landing the message, you know, if it's if it's increasing sales, you know, the, if it's doing all of those things. Um, yeah. Um, and sometimes if it wins an advertising award, that just underscores that, yeah. you, you know, you've really landed something that everybody um, loves. That was Saatchi and Saatchi Chief Creative Officer Steve Cochran.